welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses and decide, is the game good by today's standards and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Spider-Man Separation Anxiety, aka Venom Spider-Man Separation Anxiety. Maybe there's a slash in there. Maybe it's Venom and Spider-Man. Well, I'm not entirely sure what the name of it is. <laughs> the cover says Venom, uh, Bullet, Spider-Man, Separation Anxiety. Yeah. And the Wikipedia page says Venom slash Spider-Man, Separation Anxiety. <laughs> but I pretty much, I think I've only ever heard this game referred to as like Spider-Man Separation Anxiety or just Separation Anxiety. <laughs> So I'm really I don't really know what it's called. It's oh, a Spider-Man okay. and Venom game. Yeah. Yeah, it's the uh it's like basically a sequel to Maximum Carnage kind of. Okay. It came out like a little over a year Which after is Maximum Carnage. Just a Venom game, right? No. It's is Spider-Man Spider in that too? Uh I think you actually alternate between I know you start as Spider-Man, but the last time I played it, I didn't have a good time. So yeah, I didn't no, I, play for very long. I remember us playing it for like maybe 10 minutes several years ago. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't get a real full grasp of it. Well, it's very similar to the game that we played today. Okay. Which is uh, side-scrolling beat-em-up. Yep. Two players. Um, Spider-Man and Venom. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, first player is Spider-Man. Second player is Venom or vice versa. I don't remember uh, I who think was in, what. And in single player, I think you actually get to choose who you want to be. Yeah, we didn't try out the single player, so no, nope. we went co-op and we beat up a whole bunch of bad guys, and yeah, let's talk about it. All right, do you just want to get right into what the game did well? I think so. Before just like picking it apart, we can just <laughs> jump right in. So, uh, the best part about this game has to be the fact that you get to play as Spider-Man and Venom together and just beat up a whole bunch of bad guys. Which, if you're a comic book fan or a Spider-Man fan, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, if you're not into comic books or Spider-Man, this might not be the game for you. <laughs> I mean, that's not necessarily true. Uh, there, there are certainly, like, games that you don't have to be into the source material to, to have some fun with. No, um, that's definitely true, yeah. But, like, if you are playing this because you want a really good beat-em-up or you want... I don't know what else you're getting out of this besides like Spider-Man and Venom <laughs> beating guys up. Right? I mean... So that's, that's just the top of your list is it's just like, it's a beat em up with Spider-Man and Venom. That I mean, for me, that is a huge pro. Okay. I am a huge comic book fan. I mean, if you have heard our Captain America and the Avengers, you have heard me profess my love for the Marvel. Avengers. Yes. <laughs> if you've heard that episode, you know I love comics, and I probably gave that game way more love than it actually deserves because yeah. I love the source material so much. I'm a huge Spider-Man <sighs> fan. He's probably my favorite uh, comic book character. And so, yeah, that, that actually is a really big selling point for me for this game is that you get to play as Spider-Man and team up with Venom and beat up a whole bunch of bad guys. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like Spider-Man as well. I like Venom, too. Um, I don't know if that's something I'm like, yeah, that's what I love about this game. Like, I don't know if it really makes any difference in how I feel about this game. The fact that it's a Spider-Man game isn't even on your what this game, like what's good about this game? So I don't think I ever played this game growing up. I definitely I, didn't. I played Maximum Carnage growing up. Okay. And I think about 15 or so years ago, whenever I started collecting retro games, I found out that this game existed and was kind of a sequel to Maximum Carnage of sorts. And I was like, oh, I used to like Maximum Carnage as a kid, um, not knowing that it's not a very good game until I played it as an adult. <laughs> but that's, I think, how this game actually ended up in my collection was like, oh, I like that other one. Let me check this one out. So I don't think it was necessarily... Like, oh, it's a cool comic book game. It was just like, oh, it's this other thing that's kind of related to this other thing that I liked as a kid. So, yeah, I I was not into comic books at all when I was a kid. I didn't get into them until like seeing Iron Man in 2008 <laughs> and then the Avengers later. And it was like, wow, OK, I love everything about this. But now I, I read a lot of comic books. Yeah. I own all the movies and I 
I saw Endgame three times in theaters. Like, this is a big deal. Wow, I yeah. Love, I love Marvel. This is going to be an interesting conversation, I think. Because you, you had mentioned, like, you liked Captain America and the Avengers, probably, like, more than you should have or whatever, because you're a comic fan. See, so, but even looking back on that game now, like, I still like the idea of that game. Yeah. And I think it, I mean, it has the beat em up aspects and it has the shoot em up aspects. And I think that game <laughs> gets trashed a lot more than it deserves. I think too many people have played the Super Nintendo version of Captain America and the Avengers and they don't know that there's better versions out there. You know, Jordan, I like the idea of the Batman Forever arcade game. No, you but don't. I, <laughs> actually, actually, I do. Okay. And two days ago, I put in Batman Forever. Wow. Yeah. How so, far did you get into that? Uh, the movie? Oh, the movie. Yeah, I, I, put, it, I put in... No, I put in the movie. <laughs> I thought you meant you put the PlayStation game no. back in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I put the movie in. Okay. So I was going to say, I don't remember at the end of us playing that game that either of us had a desire to play more. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the source material. Yeah, so appreciating <laughs> the source material of a game is a big deal. To you. know, you. it's a lot... Of, well, yeah. I think to a lot of people... You know, nobody's going to go pick up a Dragon Ball Z game if they aren't into Dragon Ball Z. You're probably not going to pick up. I mean, maybe. Yeah. There's just when you have a game based on existing properties, usually the reason you're making the game is because there's an existing fan base who's going to buy it. You're going to pick up some people here and there who are like, oh, like I've never been a huge Ninja Turtle fan, but I love Ninja Turtle games because you have converted me. You know what? I'm not going to lie, man. I've been playing World War Z lately on PS4. That's a game? Yes, it's a game. Okay. And it's a game that is better than it has any right to be. Uh, so have you read the book or seen the movies? Uh, I've, movie? I haven't have read the book. I want to. Okay. But I saw the movie. I enjoy it well enough. I don't love the movie. I don't hate it. I'm like, it's fine. It's a zombie movie. Yeah. And then this game came out, whatever, like two or three years after the movie came out. Yeah just randomly and then it's basically like a new version of left for dead but it's like third person okay anyways like i feel like you don't have to appreciate the source material of world war z to really enjoy this game because it's just kind of irrelevant that they throw it in this universe so like there's an overarching like zombie fan base that you probably have to be a part of to appreciate a zombie video game you just i mean if you like left for dead and you're the kind of person who's into those kinds of games, like you'll like this. And it's regardless of the source material or how you feel about the source material or, or how bad the movie was compared to the book, like it's still a good fun game. Yeah. So so with this game in particular, with Spider-Man, Venom, Separation Anxiety, if you are just a fan of the beat-em-up genre, this game is probably not going to do it for you. No. So I won't put that in my pro column. <laughs> but the fact that Spider-Man and Venom are in this game and all these other Marvel characters is a pro for me because I'm coming from that fandom, I guess. And yeah. I really appreciate the source material. So that is a big pro for me. So you just mentioned all the other characters. Uh, we should explain. There are assist power-ups. Yeah. Which is, is what one of the things I have that the game does well. Yeah, me too. Um, so let's let's talk about that. Um, this game has Captain America, yes, and Hawkeye, yes, and Daredevil, yes, and Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. <laughs> yep, they threw us for a curve there. You're like, okay, we're getting all, you know, we got all these classics. So you have Spider Man and Venom, and then you have all these other like strange like. Let's just throw these guys in it. It is a real <laughs> hodgepodge of characters. I mean, Captain America <laughs> makes sense. But even in, like, 1995, didn't really make sense. He wasn't, like, a super A-list character. No. Uh, so it's kind of... You know, Daredevil yeah. makes sense. Daredevil has a lot of interaction in the comics with Spider-Man. That one makes sense. Hawkeye, you know, also, at the time, not super A-list. And no. then Ghost Rider. This Doing is, his security guard thing. This is pre... Yeah, exactly. This is pre-Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider movies by a, by about a decade. So I don't even know... I never even heard of Ghost Rider I don't know 90s. anything about Ghost Rider. So it's a really strange collection. Now, in 2019, looking back on this, you're like, well, that's actually kind of a cool collection of characters because that- Hawkeye and Captain America have definitely gained a lot of status thanks yeah. to the last 11 years of Marvel movies. Ghost Rider is just funny because he's so far to left field and now we have like the Nicolas Cage meme magic behind that. And then Daredevil still makes sense because he is he makes sense as part of the Spider-Man world. He's another street level 
vigilante kind of guy who's just out on the streets and him and Spider-Man cross paths and trade uniforms every now and then. Now is Ghost Rider going to get his movie in the next phase of the MCU or no? Uh, no, they are making a <laughs> Ghost Rider Hulu TV show. Oh, okay. And I'm not sure if it's a spinoff <laughs> of Ghost Rider who had his own season on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think it's that same, it's not the Johnny Blaze, Nick Cage Ghost Rider. It's the, I'm not going to remember his name, the, the Hispanic guy who drives oh, the car yeah. Ghost Rider. And so he is getting a Hulu show. Wow. You you just took that and ran with it. I, you asked, man. You want to know? I'm gonna. I'm I didn't gonna know drop anybody liked Ghost Rider or that he had anything going for him. People really like that. That like they really did enjoy this the Agents of Shield season with him in it. I there didn't even know about that. He had like half a season on Agents of Shield where he kept showing up and doing stuff. Interesting. And I guess people liked it enough to get a Hulu show. I don't really know how many. I think you only have to have like. 24 people that like your show to get a Hulu show. <laughs> I don't know anybody who watches Hulu original shows, but there's got to be somebody out there. But yeah. <sighs> yeah, anyways. So the there's power of, lots of characters in this game. <laughs> there's there's not lots. There's less than Captain America and the Avengers, but there's a good number. There's enough to really make you feel tied into the Marvel world. And it's not just the, the assist guys who are cool, but I think the whole power-up system for this game is kind of cool. There's a lot of drops. There's like health drops that are hearts and there's like different amounts of hearts where you can Mm. get like half of a health bar or a full health bar. And then there's also these little like heads. So you can pick up a daredevil head or a Hawkeye head or a Captain America or whatever. And when you grab those, that's also going to give you a power up. And so you can trigger whenever you want one of your collected dudes. And usually when you pick up their head, you get two uses of Mm -hmm. them. So like you pick up a Captain America head and now you have two opportunities whenever you want, you can hit the R button Captain America is going to come on screen. It's going to play his own little theme song, and he's going to chuck his shield at somebody. <laughs> or Daredevil's going to come on and then hold his shield up. Yeah, he's got in a be, really awkward way. <laughs> he's got to be patriotic and stoic. They each have their own little theme song. They each have their own little attack, and it's nice because you can kind of bank them. And I, I don't know if we ever had more than three, but at one time we had like three of each of them. And when you have them, you can just blow through the bosses. Yeah. There was a time we were fighting like this pink version of the symbiote. Uh, I don't even know what her name is. They don't tell you the names of any of the bad guys that you're fighting. But there's like this pink one. And Daredevil came out and threw his stick at her twice and she was dead. And it was like, wow, okay, Daredevil just doing work. Right. So those give you power-ups. You can collect them and you can use them whenever you want which is nice. You can toggle between them. You're like, I don't want to use Ghost Rider right now. I want Daredevil. Yeah. And then also, every time you pick up something, it lets you do like a power, what do they call it? A power move? Yeah, power moves. That's something I also have written down that the game does well is you get these these power moves from these pickups that basically one hit kill most of the enemies in the game. Yeah, and Venom's power move is definitely better than Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, I played as Venom, so maybe I just feel like that way. Do you feel that way also? No, Venom was definitely better than Spider-Man. Yeah, so Venom's power move, he like slams the ground, kind of like Donkey Kong or Hulk would. Just two fist slams the ground, and every single bad guy on screen dies in one hit. Yeah, and it, oh, it says power hit. Whenever, power hit. Whenever because this has the classic uh, chick and pow sound effects that show up on guys like when you hit book. them. Yeah, like a comic book where you get the big wham, and so those say power hit. We didn't get any, what was the one from Captain America that we really liked? It was like, the pow or something like that. I don't know. We didn't get any super weird ones. No. It's but they do a power hit. Spider-Man's power hit, I think, was like a kick of some kind. Yeah, it was a kick. It was like a roundhouse kick. Kills everybody, Kills one guy in one hit. Yeah. So whenever you pick up a heart or one of your collectible dudes, you get a flashing health bar, and that means your next hit's going to be a power hit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how many power hits each pickup gives you. I was getting like three per pickup, I think. Yeah, and they stack. So if you pick up a bunch of hearts or a bunch of collectible dudes, then you're going to have like 10 power hits, and mm-hmm. then you also have your little allies that you can call on, and it made blowing through the bosses really easy. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I think that we have fully exhausted the conversation on the power-ups. Uh, what else do you have that this game does well? Uh, I have co-op. Um, I know it's kind of like a, a weird... It's not necessarily weird, but Maximum Carnage didn't have co-op. So this game, like I like the fact that it's a two-player version of a Spider-Man beat-em-up. 
Beat em ups are always better when you yeah. can play with somebody. I I pretty much always agree with that. It's uh they're fun to play. It's one of my favorite genres, but I am very rarely gonna play a beat em up by myself. The yeah. whole especially because they're so grindy. A lot of times you're just yeah. like going through wave after wave after wave of bad guys. Mm-hmm. And it's way more fun when you have somebody to make a joke to or to just talk to or whatever, you know. To to shoot the breeze while you're blasting through your nine thousandth henchmen. Yes. So co-op is definitely, I mean, it's kind of uh, a basic, you know, thing, but we want to have some nice things to say about this game. Yeah. So co-op. Well, I've got more nice things to say about this game. So do I. I got, I got a couple more. There's a good depth to the controls in this game. Um, that was kind of surprising. Yeah. yeah. You've got your basic jumping, kicking, um, but then you have like a web, like you can web guys or you can like grab them from across the screen and pull them to you and like pick them up. And if you pick them up, you can like hold them above your head and like throw them at other guys, or you can make a shield, or you've got a web swinging button. There's yeah. like a lot of uh, a lot of variety to the way that you can tackle this game, and I like that a lot. I was kind of surprised that you can you can shoot your web mm-hmm. like all the way across the screen and just yeah. like wrap up a guy for a few seconds, or you can kind of do the scorpion, get over here, and you'd shoot yeah. them with your web and then pull them towards you. Mm-hmm. Or you can make a shield that hurts guys when they walk into it for some reason. Yeah, Spider-Man makes a shield out of webbing, <laughs> and Venom, Venom kind of makes this like, wall of yeah. Venom. I don't know. They don't really do anything against the bosses, <laughs> but they're almost unstoppable against the henchmen. You can just make your shield and turn left and right until the guy dies running into you. Yeah, so weird. I don't know why that is the way it is. But but I, I will say it was very satisfying during like long stretches where you were running to be able to just swing and you have your web and you're swinging across the screen and mm-hmm. it felt like you were Spider-Man or Venom yeah. swinging through buildings. Yeah, for sure. I like I mean that mechanic is kind of weird cuz it's only really useful in one level <laughs> where they make you use it. There's the second level is like a bridge and at some point there's like gaps in the bridge where if you fall down you lose a life instantly. Yeah. So they force you to actually web swing through the level and I would have liked to see more of that in the game. Um, you can also just shoot it straight up in the air and like climb up and down it, but I don't know why that exists in the game. No, I never found a purpose for that. And I also really wish you could swing attack kind of like in mm-hmm. battle toads when you're doing the vertical levels where you are on the thing and you can do like swing kicks. <laughs> it was really weird that you couldn't do any sort of attack. You, you swing all the way across the level. You have all this momentum and you touch a guy and you die. Yeah. <laughs> you get hurt. Yeah. So that was kind of strange. Oh, you but can also crawl on walls, too. That's another thing that's kind of useless, but it's in the game. It it was useful in the very first level. And we used it to find uh, some hidden items that were yeah. higher up. But I don't think we ever really were able to do that in later levels. Yeah, there's... Yeah. I, I tried a few times to climb walls in later levels and weren't able to. It's strange. It was kind of strange. Uh, another thing that's really good about this game is really big boss battles there'll be the first few boss battles are just one guy you're fighting the digger or you're fighting one of the symbiotes and then you get later in the game and the boss teams keep getting bigger yeah there's basically two different groups of bosses that you're fighting in this game you have a group called the jury which i don't really know about because i haven't read any venom comics but there's a group called the jury and there's five of them and they are bad guys and the game doesn't really tell you a whole lot about them except for they are bad and they're trying to stop you. And so you have all those guys. And at first you're just fighting one of them. And then in a later battle, there might be two or three. And then you mm-hmm. also have the symbiotes. And it's the same way. The first time you fight them, there might be one. And then later. And this all builds up to the final battle where you fight like all 10 of these bad guys. Not all at once, but you'll be fighting like four or five on screen at one time. Mm. And that was something that I haven't actually seen in other beat-em-ups that we've played. It's always like you're going to fight this one bad guy and then you defeat him. And maybe he'll come back again at the end in some sort of gauntlet. But I don't remember ever fighting three or four or five bad guys all that had been from earlier in the game and now they're teaming up and it it feels like a comic book where that's how they they go you know you fight these guys you get introduced to all these bad guys and then at the end of the arc there's always this moment where like they team up and they're coming together to try to take down spider-man or take down whoever and so that was really interesting as Mm -hmm. a comic book fan to see and even like in the movies you know you have these huge team battles and that's something that has become part of the comic book experience. And I've never seen that in a video game until today. It's interesting that you bring that up 
from that perspective because I'm like, oh, I beat the boss. Like, why is he coming back? But that's every comic. You know what I mean? But it's like... How many times has Batman beat the Joker and he keeps coming back? Well, I mean, from a storyline perspective, that kind of makes sense. And that's why I'm saying it's interesting that you bring it up because it's like I never... In in games, it's very unusual. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, I was so it's it is interesting because when I was playing, it's like, why are we fighting Gray Venom without his logo again? Like, yeah, for the fourth time. But then it's like, well, I guess actually, from a storytelling perspective, since they didn't quote unquote kill them, um, it does make sense for him to come back later in the game. Yeah, a lot of times you defeat them, and right before you can land the final blow, Sentry. Not like the good guy Sentry from the comics, but some other dude named Sentry zooms in and he takes you to a trap level. So you really don't get to finish <laughs> off the bad guys. You always get swept away by this guy and taken to a trap room. Yeah. Uh, which is just like a little short level, kind of like a bonus level where you're just, it's, but there's not really anything to differentiate it from a normal level. No, other it's than the not a bonus <laughs> level. It's, <laughs> it's, just, it's a, just a thing that happens in the game five times. Without much explanation yeah, or purpose. Like you beat the boss and then in comes Green Iron Man to carry yes. you off to trap level. Green Iron Man is a great explanation like, of who this guy was. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I actually don't have that as one of the things that the game did well. No, um, I wouldn't say that but, was the thing the game did well at all, but that's how you end up fighting all these guys at the end, I think. Yeah. All right, for me, the last thing that I have written down for what this game does well is that it has a password system, yep. which you can use in a few different ways, depending on how much you hate yourself and how much you enjoy this game. You can either use it to just skip ahead to levels, like a normal password system when you beat a level, it gives you a password. When you plug that password in on the menu screen, it'll let you jump back to mm-hmm. that level. Yeah. So um, if, if you weren't around in the 90s, you might not know about these password systems. <laughs> the games didn't really save. You didn't have a way to like pick where you ended or whatever. So you had this password. When you beat a level on the screen, would flash like six letters. And then when you plug those letters into the password thing, it lets you jump ahead. It's kind of like a secretive level select. So you have that option. Or you can plug in uh, some other codes like we did that gave you the option to have unlimited lives and a level select, which allowed us to basically blow through the entire game in about an hour, which was great because that's what we wanted. Yeah, this. uh, so every couple levels that you beat, it gives you a password. Yeah. And the first time we fired up the game, we just tried to do it without any cheats, and we didn't even make it to the end of the second level. How many lives does it give you? It was like five, three or four something like that there's a there's a hidden uh room in the first level and i got one extra life so okay i had a total of four and you had a total of like three um so the password system is is great because i i think that the only way i think it makes this game beatable um because without the password system i don't even know how long you would have to play this game to actually get through it without continues without Um, the password system this game wouldn't be fun yeah yeah, I agree with that. Um, although, like, we didn't experience it because we had unlimited lives on, but like some of the pop, some of the pickups that get dropped are continues. I think. Okay. Um, I could only find one walkthrough, and it had said like there were the heart pickups, the like hero pickups, or something, and then the continues. So I don't know how often you actually get continues, but. Aside from that, like without the password system, this game really is unbeatable in some ways. Uh, we looked up at the the stats on how long to beat, and it said like four and a half hours to beat the main story. Yeah. You know, it took us about an hour. So it's like, well, with the password system, maybe you could beat this game in under five hours. Yeah. I don't know what that's referring to. If yeah. Maybe it's because we had unlimited lives that just let us blow through it way faster. But one hour was about what I wanted out of this game. If we had gone beyond that, I think both of us would have stopped having any fun. Yeah. Um, It's definitely a positive. And I love the fact that it's just a password system and it's not, you don't have to put in any codes or anything like that. Yeah. You don't Um, need a game genie into it. Yep. And it should be baked into these old games. I think it should be in pretty much every single one where, these games like there's something about beating a game that feels good oh yeah um and so i just appreciate the fact that this game it's hard enough to get through it it is so i'm really 
glad that we were able to get through it with unlimited lives because it would have been a a much worse experience if they didn't give us that option. Yeah, I'm I'm walking away with, from this game with generally positive feelings. Yeah, and if we didn't have the unlimited lives or the password system. I wouldn't have had any fun. I would not be having many nice things to say about this game because we wouldn't have been able to experience most of it. Yeah. The last thing that I have uh, that the game did well is like the level graphics slash the level variety. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of different environments and the actual graphics look good. Um, I like the the sprites and and not, not so much the character sprites, but just the environment I enjoyed looking at for the most part. I feel like the character sprites are pretty um, on par with the, I mean, I don't know at the time, I I don't have an idea in my head of what 1995 graphics looked like, but to me, (laughs) they look like old school classic 16-bit. Like if somebody was making an indie 16-bit style game today, you could see that fitting in. Uh, The weird thing is that the actual gameplay looks cool. Like it works. It looks like a good cartoony comic book Mm -hmm. feel. But like the cutscenes and the the menu and all of that, they tried to go way too in detail and it just loses (laughs) that cartoony charm. Yeah, it's like, yeah, there's like these really detailed, huge sprites between levels of yeah. Spider-Man and Venom and stuff. Well, not even sprites, plural. It's literally the same image, oh, yeah, I think, wait. every single time. Uh, I think there's two different images. Oh, did actually. we get two? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> um, yeah, but the art, the art's not bad. It doesn't, it's... Well, uh, specifically the levels, not even like the characters, because I think like the characters are like probably mediocre looking but i actually there was a couple times where i was like wow this level actually looks really good or you commented on like the texture of one of the beams in the foreground you're like wow that's interesting texture it was though (laughs) that's the thing is like the way that they hit the lighting and things like that i was like this doesn't look like crunchy pixels which we're playing on the retron so like it's high def and everything is super jagged and obvious the way that it's like you you can see every done graphically but yeah so I, it it jumped out to me in a way that it that it doesn't normally in these old games to a point where I was like I need to write this down because it looks good. So well, if that's your last thing you have to say positive, I think we can transition uh, interestingly into my first negative of what this game did poorly, and that would be the music. Yep, for the level, yeah. the care that was put into some of those good textures Lord. and stuff and lighting and the levels, the music. I feel like maybe was created by, you know, just like a child and a keyboard. It was <laughs> Come bad. On, man. It was bad. It, it wasn't sound- that bad. If you've ever owned a cheap Casio keyboard with all like the, like the pre-programmed songs and you just like hit the play button and it plays through like a random little like marimba section or like that's what this sounded like. It It was stock music. Like nobody bothered trying to make this fit in with the game. You you've never played the first two Streets of Rage games? Right. I have not, but after uh, playing the Street Rage 3 and posting how we <laughs> didn't like the music in that, I've heard from many people saying that those first two games have very good music. So the music in this game is a bad version of the music in like Streets of Rage 2. Okay, so somebody was trying to emulate a Pro- popular soundtrack probably. poorly. Yeah, it's like this weird techno. It doesn't. I don't know if it fits... It doesn't like, fit for a comic book. There was nothing heroic about it or even adventurous about it. Yeah, it was just techno. It was like elevator music. <laughs> it was just there. And I remember saying like after the first or second level, when we moved to a different kind of stage, I was really hoping that we got a different track because that one was just starting to grate on me. And then it started playing a new song, which wasn't really any better, but it was different. And yeah. I was just so happy that we had something different to listen to. <laughs> Yeah, music is the first thing that I have written down that this game didn't do well. And uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I wanted out of this one, but... I don't know either, but music is such a big part of... I mean, you have the visuals, which are obviously important, and the gameplay, which is the most important. You can have a really good gameplay game without super crazy graphics or whatever. But Mm -hmm. music is definitely like that third piece that is so important because it helps immerse you. And I don't know if this is because both of us come from a musical background that this bothers us so much. Yeah. But it just really takes you out of it. It doesn't, I felt 
it was so hard for me to get immersed into it because the music was so bad. You know what? Like as I'm sitting here thinking about it, there's nothing, there's no tracks that you're going to hum off of the separation anxiety soundtrack. <laughs> no. And it's funny because I just realized like all day I've been humming like the boss music from like Turtles of Time, like, yeah. and it's like, that's a track that's stuck in my head and I haven't even heard that. And like, a, I can't tell you the last time I, I played that and heard that. You know what it was? It was your subconscious trying to erase the right. separation anxiety awfulness out of your brain. It's like, yeah. oh, here, listen to this, listen to this, this is good. Yeah, but there's something about that where, like, that's the kind of music that's good in a game is it's, you know, like, I don't know, Castlevania, I can, like, think about what it sounds like right away. Or, like, yeah, and it so has, many of these games with great music. And they have tone, that like, the Castlevania has a tone that matches what you're seeing on the screen mm-hmm. and it's helping yeah. further immerse you into that world. And this had not even close. It didn't even get anywhere near to doing that. Yeah, for sure. The best game music immerses you in the game. It makes you feel like you're actually there. The worst game music makes you feel like you're listening to something completely different. It's like you have headphones on and you're listening to (laughs) Kids Bop and you're trying to play this gritty brawler game where you're Venom, you know? Yeah. So I didn't like the music. It was bad. Yeah. It didn't, like, give me a headache like Streets of Rage 3 did. It just was bad. Yeah. The next thing I have written down that I don't think the game did well was the the story is told through text between levels. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of... I have it down as something that the game didn't do well. Yeah. One of the things that is good about it is the story is, like, right in your face. Yep. So... On the one hand, you're being told a story and you're well aware of like why you're doing all the things or where you're at. But at the same time, it's like every level is like level complete. Now here's a wall of text. Maybe two. Maybe you'll get two screens of text. Right. (laughs) Like the intro where it says the same thing three different ways on three different screens or whatever. Yeah, that was bad. So it just, it felt like it interrupted things and it was just like, okay, we're reading this whole thing. Yeah, I, I do appreciate some story over no story, but I have the exact same thing written down for my second point. There was just not enough story explanation. We knew what we were doing and why we were going places and what we were trying to accomplish, but there were so many bad guys, especially between like the five members of the jury and the five members of the symbiote team, and we didn't have any clue who any of those people were. We knew that there's this life foundation who they were all associated <laughs> with in some way, but we didn't know who they were, and so you... It's weird. Even when you're fighting a boss, you'd think that you would get like the person's name. And I want to know, like we have these five different symbiotes and, you know, we all know Venom and Carnage as like the most popular symbiote characters, but then there's Mm -hmm. other five and we don't have any clue. So it's like pink guy and brown guy. And well, the story said something about, it sounded like there was some kind of experiment on Venom yeah, and they took something off of him and made like five symbiotes. Yeah. But we don't know what they're called. And then he was like coming back to shut it down. He had little like go find Spider-Man for help uh, with his dot, 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 separation anxiety. Yes. It's like in a movie so. when they say the name of the movie in the movie and it kind of like pulls you out of it. <laughs> Not so bad in the game because it was the the title screen, but still. I, I just wish we had a little bit more. I... You know, we talked about this in Contra about how we had no clue what was going on. Yeah. Uh, I would have appreciated these text blocks in Contra just to tell us that. <laughs> so I don't want to like completely crap on the fact that they gave us something and then it was text blocks because I think text blocks are better than nothing. But I wish that we got something <laughs> other than Slightly better than yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was slightly better than nothing. I agree. I'm trying to think now. I think Maximum Carnage has some kind of like comic book he cut scene yeah things. that sounds familiar so maybe that would have been a better way to go with this one you could have given us the same kind of stories in comic book panels and that yeah. would have made it a million times better right yep that's interesting my second thing that i really thought the game did poorly is that there wasn't very much enemy variety i have that written down as well and it could be because you had 10 different bosses but the actual like thugs and henchmen that you fight you have the first level where like every single beat up you're fighting street youths <laughs> without really any explanation. We know that we're trying to fight the Life Foundation or whatever. There's not really any reason. Why are these random kids off the street trying to fight us? We've Why had does this, this trope exist? It's like always one it. of the first levels in a beat up where you're walking down a street. Yeah, and kids, random kids start attacking you. It's like, <laughs> 
I know that people don't like Venom. <laughs> Venom's a bad guy. But most, like, teenagers of New York are going to know, don't mess with Venom. He's a psychopathic murderer. And then you have Spider-Man, which the people in New York have a love-hate relationship with. Some people think he's great. Some people think he's a menace or whatever. But why are these random kids attacking Spider-Man and Venom in the streets? Like, I get that you have to have a first level and you want to start with some lowly enemies or whatever. But why Why street kids? It's really strange. It's funny because the first level in Maximum Carnage is also this basically the exact same. That's every beat-em-up. You had that in <laughs> Streets of Rage. It's like, you, it's like oh, we got these well, early it's in, levels. It's in the title there. Streets, so it makes, yeah. it makes sense. That's true. There's just everybody's but, enraged and they got to fight. <laughs> streets you know like where else are you gonna fight but in a nightclub yeah it so after you (laughs) the nightclub oh man (laughs) after you get through the first level with the the random teenagers that you're beating up then you fight uh these life foundation henchmen that are completely faceless and they're just different colored dudes with welding masks on (laughs) and you basically fight them for the rest of the game except for when you fight the the weird balls with yeah laser beams there are exactly and i could have missed some but i'm pretty sure there's only four different basic enemies i actually think there's three different basic enemies do you think that the guys with the welding masks are the street youths they just went and put on welding no masks? well you have like this the street humans and okay. then you have like the guys in suits and then you have the like the laser balls oh yeah and, and there's also there's the, the robots the bo- oh yeah, yeah okay you're right you had these so we weird have little the, like Johnny Five robots that are mixed between the Mousers and the garbage cans from Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say the Mousers and Johnny Five from Short Circuit, but yeah, or Rob, kind of like also, Rob from yeah. uh, Nintendo. Basically, yeah. so you really only have those four kinds of enemies, and in a beat 'em up, especially one that you're playing for an hour, you kind of want to have <laughs> or four. Yeah, especially <laughs> if you were playing this for four, five, six hours, like how um, how long to beat says. If you're playing a game that long, you want to beat up more than four different kinds of enemies. Yeah, for sure. There also was a bazooka guy, but I think that he was one of the boss. boss. Yeah, Yeah. he was like a mini boss. So you really didn't have a whole lot of variety with the henchmen. Bazooka guy, crappy shocker, green Iron Man, symbiotes (laughs) that die way too quick. Uh, Dr. Robotnik. Uh, That like yellow uh, robot guy. Digger? Digger, yeah. (laughs) So they had a lot. You mean Hulkbuster that's yellow? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you have a whole lot of mini bosses and bosses, but not much effort went into the actual henchmen who you fight the majority of the game. Yeah, which kind of piggybacks on um, one of the other things that this game doesn't do well, and that's like the AI slash enemy behavior is just annoying in a lot of ways. Um, I felt like it's it's super easy to die. And there's it's just the bosses or not just the bosses but like just the the enemies overall i think in every regard are one of the things that the game doesn't do well yeah this is actually the thing that i have my last thing written down that i thought the game didn't do well is that the game kind of just swarms you with a bunch of bad guys a lot of henchmen yeah and instead of trying to mix it up with different henchmen types and trying to make you learn all that they're like, oh, we'll just throw 15 bad guys at them and hope that they can jump kick their way through it. And so you end up Usually fighting. the answer is no. Yeah, no. Well, thankfully we had unlimited lives. And once you get later in the game and you have the assist trophy guys and you have the power-ups mm. with the superpower attacks and all that, that helps, especially with Venom where he can take out a whole screen of guys. But you have these times when the waves of henchmen actually felt more difficult than the bosses. Yeah, none of the bosses in this game are actually hard. No, the fact that most of the bosses could be taken down by like one or two hits from your allies, and then you have these waves of henchmen that you get stuck fighting for way longer than the actual bosses. And so, yeah, I agree with you. The balance on that is really weird, and it felt off that so often the the battles with the waves of henchmen felt more difficult than the the boss battles right the uh the password system is a good thing because of this exact reason yep um just because it's like it's so cheap and part of the problem is like when you play a game like turtles in time or hyperstone heist you know the ninja turtles to me is kind of like the gold standard of beat-em-ups for the most part and so when you see it done well it becomes super obvious how this game is unsatisfying to play. It's not about it being like easy or hard. 
it's about behavior being cheap or like it being so hard to stay alive because it's like, sure, you can grab guys, you know, from across the screen. But sometimes if you if you tap the button, that's when you shoot to wrap them up. Yeah. But if you hold it for like a quarter of a second longer, you'll grab them. And so sometimes it's hard to like control. And so you're going to grab a guy and then you're punched three different times because you're grappling with a guy that you didn't want to grapple with. And like you're getting swarmed with guys and it's like hard once you get swarmed with guys to like stay alive. We and, talked and about kill them all and it's just a whole headache. Yeah, I agree. We talked about how the game has so much depth to the controls and the stuff that you can do, but so often you don't have an opportunity to actually yeah. use those controls and try to string together combos or like interesting attacks because all you can do is button mash and hope that you can break out of this giant wave of bad guys that's overwhelming you and so often it's hard to even figure out like what's going on because there's so many bad guys and it's like i want to do the thing where i grab somebody from across the screen or like lift them over my head and beat them up or whatever but it's like nope i just gotta punch this guy and move on to the next one because there's too many guys yeah it almost feels like they should have had like 60 or 70 percent of the guys that they put into this game you know like <laughs> sorry here i go with math like that there's 40% too many enemies. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. This By the time this episode drops, like, school's going to be basically over, and here you are bringing uh, math into it. Yeah. So I don't know why they put so many enemies in this game, but it, it made it a lot less fun. That's kind of interesting that you bring that up. This episode is going to be coming out a couple weeks before the new Spider-Man movie, which we don't really know a whole lot about. It's like a big mystery kind of. I don't know of. anything about it. You haven't seen the trailer. No, I don't think I have. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to have this conversation without spoiling anything. There's not really anything to spoil. <laughs> There's just a lot of bad Spider-Man guys. Spider Man is not dead if you haven't seen Endgame. Yeah, he's first he's of all. Not, yeah. Uh, <laughs> kinda be hard to make a movie about Spider Man if he was dead. So Spider Man's alive and uh there's a lot of bad guys in the trailer. Okay. And I won't say who they all are, but there's just a whole bunch of them. And it's kind of interesting that we just played this Spider-Man game with a ton of bad guys. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how that works in the movie, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That, I think, was the reason that I really struggled with Spider-Man 3, like the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire That's why you 3. struggled with it. Well, they, could, <laughs> they couldn't make a good movie. They couldn't make a good movie because they tried to shoehorn 15 bad guys into that movie. Uh. And so it'll be interesting to see. Like, that's what I loved about this video game is because it made it feel like a comic book with all the bad guys. And I think that Marvel Studios has gotten to the point where they can handle a whole bunch of villains. I mean, we saw in Infinity War and Endgame, you have these like teams of bad guys with the Black Order and Thanos, and then you have Nebula and all of this stuff going on with all these bad guys. So I think Marvel Studios today is at a better point than Sony was when you had Spider-Man 3 coming out. But we're going into this movie with a whole lot of bad guys and seeing how is that going to balance and how is it going to work out? And will it be like Spider-Man Separation Anxiety where it's poorly balanced or where they pull it off and it'll be more like Infinity War or Endgame? I'm really excited for that movie. And uh, I was excited to play this game today just to get into the world of Spider-Man. I've been reading a lot of Spider-Man comics getting ready for this movie. And even though this game has its flaws and has its downsides, I did have fun with it, and I don't know if that's just because it was Spider-Man and because it's a beat-em-up. I don't think it was because it was actually a good game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder, um, cause the, is it like the Sinister Six or something in the, no. mo- the new movie? Or like, because it can work with like a group of bad guys in a movie if they keep them together and they don't like spread them out throughout the city kind of a thing. It's not like really entirely clear. I mean, you have Mysterio is like the main who you would assume was gonna be the bad guy but the okay. trailers make him look like a good guy i mean it's mysterio he's classic all, all about misdirection so i'm guessing he's gonna be a bad guy if you haven't read spider-man and you're like what mysterio is a bad guy uh i don't think it'll take long for you to figure that out in the movie uh but then you also have these like elementals who aren't uh hydra man and molten man but they are like these giant fire and water and air creatures and stuff and then you also like have like the chameleon is maybe in it and i don't know like there's all this stuff like so none of the good ones are in it besides mysterio i mean mysterio is one (laughs) none of the classic mysterio is one of the all-time great spider-man villains who hasn't been in any spider-man movie i mean how many would we had so we had three four five six this is gonna be like the seventh spider-man movie and we're finally getting mysterio but really it's the it's the second spider-man movie yeah no i agree with you (laughs) 
I agree with you. The third, if you count the Spider-Verse movie. Spider-Verse is Spider-Verse, yeah. And, but even in there, you didn't get. So eighth yeah, well, Spider-Man movie without Mysterio. Never mind. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all goes. Um, yeah. The last thing that I <laughs> back to the game. I don't even know how I got there. I, I'm excited. I'm just. I'm it actually like, really I love Spider Man. We made it like 40 plus minutes into the podcast uh, without mentioning that the movie is coming out soon yeah. because I bought tickets like a month ago, and it comes out on a Tuesday, so I was able to get tickets for five bucks each because tickets are cheaper on Tuesdays. So I'm excited. <clears throat> So the last thing that I have written down that this game doesn't do well. I don't want to talk about this game. Let's just talk about Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, so for the interesting level variety and graphics, there are some foreground elements <laughs> that like obstruct your view. Yes. And it's not like super often, but it's often enough that I'm like, this is annoying where it's, it just blocks your view and sometimes you'll take damage you might have a street light or a pillar or, or a whole section of a bridge that's like yeah super wide that you can't see. Behind. I get what they were trying to do. It was trying to give it some depth and make it feel like it had this parallax thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. So often it was just this big clunky thing that was right up in your face, like a giant steel girder yeah. that is blocking, I don't know, a quarter of the screen. Like now in games, like, um, when they do it, it goes translucent. Yeah. So you can actually see behind it. But like it didn't do that in this one and it's no. super annoying. So Or at the very least it'll show the outline of your character as you're passing behind something yeah. opaque. So But other than that, I don't have anything else that the game I don't think did well. No, I think that's enough. I think we've we've covered a lot of the things that did poorly. There was a bunch of them. Other than the trap rooms, which were kind of weird. But trap rooms we were weird. Kind of talked about that. Um, the, I they but, weren't so much yeah. bad as they were unnecessary. Yeah, because it's the same thing basically every time. It's like here's this same environment. Go fight a bunch of guys till we let you to go to the next level. If it had been a different kind of gameplay, like we talked about, was it Batman Forever that had the weird bonus levels? Like the bowling bonus level was that in Batman Forever? No, that no. was a different. Was that was Space that? Jam? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, you can have. Oh little... no, those Battletoads for Super oh, Nintendo. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I'm like, what are you oh. talking about bowling? Yeah. So you Check can out have the locker little... room game. <laughs> no. Where you got to find the, the items. You got to find Mike's secret stuff in the lockers. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> so that's a lot of examples. There, you just pulled out a whole bunch of games that do have bonus levels that do something a little bit different. This game had a bonus level that was just the exact same thing that you've been doing in the rest of the game. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. I think we can move on. We've fully covered the the pros and cons of this game. All right. So it's time for the $3 question. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, what would you pay for the experience you just had? Uh, you kind of buried the lead, but I feel like $3 is right <laughs> on the money. It is. Really? Like at, at $3? Some, when we were down there at one point, I was thinking $5. Whoa. But now after talking it through, I don't think it is $5. <laughs> I had $5 in my head, and then you just said $3, and I was like, that that's pretty fitting. $3, man. As much as you just were like, it's not the best game, but I love it. I No, no, I don't love it. If I if I had to play a Marvel beat 'em up 16 bit game, I'm playing Captain America and the Avengers, <laughs> or one of the arcade X Men games or something. I, this game is fine. It's a Spider Man beat 'em up game. You don't have a whole lot of options for that. It is fun. It was good for an hour, but I don't have any desire to go sit down and play more of it. Yeah, I um I pretty much agree with that sentiment. I the last time I played Separation Anxiety was probably 10 years ago like bothered to like play a lot of it and i think i actually beat it then too and that was my fix for a decade yeah um if you're a big fan of spider-man you're a big fan of beat-em-ups and you're a, a person who collects these games i don't think you can get this game anywhere else outside of the actual genesis or super nintendo cartridges pc version as well pc version okay but you're not going to go and download it on xbox or playstation or switch or something no so if you happen to be all three of those things you like beat-em-ups you like spider-man and you like collecting retro games then i would say yeah this is one that you should have but if you don't check all three of those boxes you this isn't a game for you oh man uh for me i think that this game feels like seven dollars okay um it's not you know, it's like all those things you just said for people who should have this game. 
if you like Maximum Carnage and you're aware of the quality of Maximum Carnage, meaning it's not a great game, yeah. but you like it anyways, uh, I think this is a game for you. Yeah. But I don't think it's a good beat 'em up. <laughs> I th- I had fun with you. Yeah. I appreciate your perspective on it being a Spider-Man game and all that stuff, but like at the end of the day, it, it just wasn't that much fun. Yeah. Outside of having it sit on your shelf, you have to figure out what is an hour of fun with my friend worth? And that's what you could pay for this game. Yeah, pretty much. So with that said, what do you think that this one's going for on eBay? Uh, okay. There's not, you don't have a whole lot of options out there for Spider-Man beat-em-ups. I know that there is like an Atari one and like there's some like old crappy ones, but Spider-Man is like the biggest brand in comic books. People like Venom. I'm not even a huge Venom guy. Uh, Super Nintendo. I'm gonna say this game probably goes for like 16 bucks. Okay. No, it's gotta be more than that. It's gotta be like 20 bucks. So the Super there's a Super Nintendo. We didn't say this. There's Super Nintendo and there's a Genesis version. Yeah, we played the um, Super Nintendo version. We did play the Super Nintendo version. In the comparison videos I watched, the games are basically exactly the same. Okay. Um, it looks like the Genesis, the graphics are a little bit brighter. Okay. Um, and the audio quality is like crunchier than the Genesis <laughs> version, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, the YouTube comments were saying that the super nintendo version is way better but i was like i guess it depends on what you're looking for if you're looking for something a little more chiptune crunchy the genesis version is a little bit of crunchiness isn't gonna make or break an already poor (laughs) soundtrack (laughs) it might improve it actually yeah um so the super nintendo version is going for around 24 dollars. okay um the range that i kind of saw was like 18 to 30 actually all right so you're you're kind of in there 20 bucks yeah i'm in the range yeah i'll take it you're in you're in you're in the ball the ballpark good thing i jumped up at the last yeah what about the genesis version genesis version uh i'll go 16 bucks on that it's got to be less you're pretty much right there that one's like 16 to 20 nice oh two in a row and i think i got it on contra too so boom but i've got a streak going. <clears throat> I've got a curveball for you, though. Okay. We have a little bit of a situation here. Okay. Like we had with Contra. Okay. Where the North American version is not worth the same as the Japanese version. In okay. this case, it's the PAL version of this game. And we found out later with the Contra that the Japanese version of Contra actually does have cutscenes, which was a huge gripe of mine. And I went and watched them, and I'm very jealous. <laughs> so you do want the Japanese version of Contra? Well, you're gonna the, get the Contra collection. The now? Contra collection comes with the Japanese versions, there and you I'm go. thinking like, ah, I'm gonna have to see. Twenty bucks is is steep for a bunch of. It really, is not steep for mostly NES games, dude. Come on, we'll see. How much did you pay for the Capcom beat 'em up collection? That's. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. That's... probably more than I. I I don't know. Probably more. I just you're really... telling me you didn't get twenty dollars of value I out of that did, collection. I did. I did. I really, really, really wanted Knights of the Round. Yeah. And then I found out like every game on there is better than Knights of the Round. So it was Oops. it was good. <laughs> it was good. But like, I'm not the kind of guy who just drops twenty bucks on old games. Man, you're out of your mind. But yeah, I'll think about it. That that might be one that I ask for for like my birthday or Christmas because I would way rather have somebody else buy it for me than me buy it. So back to yeah the PAL version of this game, if you were from Europe oh, or something. Oh, okay. I got to get my head in the... Yeah. Okay. Uh, what I'm do in you, the Eurozone. <laughs> uh, what do you think that this game's going What's for? What's the difference? What's the difference? Is there a difference? <clears throat> it's rare. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. <laughs> so it's more rare. I it was you said it right. That's, 18. I, that's literally. I don't like look. I don't think that there's any difference in the game itself. It's worth I don't more money. know for sure. Okay, it's worth more money. But eighteen to thirty bucks is what the American one went for. You wouldn't have mentioned it if it was only a couple bucks more. So I'm gonna say it must be like forty five dollars. So would you believe that the Super Nintendo 
version of this game in the PAL region is going for like 160 to 180. <laughs> you are completely delusional if At you're spending over $100 that, on this game. That's that's what that was the buy it now listings on eBay currently and there was one listing for $133. But you're basically looking at for a loose cart? For a loose cart like wow. 160 to 180 for this one. That's crazy. Uh now what about the Mega Drive version? Mega Drive. So that is the Sega Genesis in the PAL region. Yes. Um so you were just talking about the Super Nintendo one. Okay, so this is where you're going to try to trick me. The Genesis cartridge was 16-ish. The Mega Drive version is going to be cheaper. It's going to be $7. Yeah. Um basically. So this is this is the most fascinating thing about this game. Uh, there was two completed auctions that I saw. Okay. Or two complete listings. Yeah. Uh, they went for $435 and $290. For <laughs> Wait, why did you say, you made it sound like I was correct in guessing $7 <laughs> and then you say it was like 400 Do you want to take one quick stab at what a, um, a sealed auction went for on this one for a pale copy a of this? sealed Mega Drive copy or Super Nintendo? Mega Drive. It doesn't matter. It's going to be like eight. No, it's going to be like $800. $1,000. Dude, this is nuts. A um, sold auction. Yeah. $1,000 for a sealed copy of this game. Which is kind of crazy. Uh, this is, we're already kind of long on this episode, but I I want to, I, my aunt uh, found in her closet a sealed <laughs> version of Pokemon Blue. Yeah. Like from when we were kids, she bought it for one of us, forgot about it. It's been in the back of her closet for over 20 years. That's awesome. She brings it out. It's in perfect condition. So mm-hmm. I go on eBay and I see like, what is this worth? Cause she wants to sell it. Cause she is uh, going on this trip next year and she has to get all this money for it. And so she's like, well, I'll sell this and pay for some of my trip. And I was like, okay, I'm thinking it's going to be like a hundred, 200 bucks. Yeah. Uh, like a version that is like beat to crap that's still wrapped but like is all smushed like it got mm. smushed on a pallet is going for like three to four hundred bucks. Wow. And a version that is like hers is going for like seven hundred bucks. Wow. But that's Pokemon. That's Pokemon Blue. Yeah. Like the original in mint condition wrapped. You're telling me that, <laughs> that this <laughs> separation game, anxiety separation anxiety is, is so rare in the Pell region that somebody's paying a thousand dollars for it. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like that doesn't there's no way I don't know. Maybe it was like a cult classic over no. there, but there's no way it's on the level of like it's Pokemon. Just there's terrible. probably also a lot there's less no, of them made than no Pokemon excuse. Blue. So it's just one of those situations where like it's a Snow Brothers situation. Like who's paying hundreds of dollars for this? garbage there that's the problem with people who are completionists and they have to have a full set of like a region is you get stuck you have to pay whatever it is and there's just not that many of them you're gonna spend a thousand dollars on separation anxiety it's just pure insanity to me that over here you can get the game for twenty dollars yeah whereas and just just the region difference makes it like one of those games and i'm like that's don't don't just don't yeah i agree don't (laughs) nope just don't <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. That yeah. puts a lot of context on the text message you sent me earlier about saying I'm just blown away by these eBay searches I'm doing. Yeah. I'm also blown away. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we did it. I think we've exhausted. We did it. We've every separation anxiety. Final verdict. I mean, final verdict. We have to say worth it or worthless. Uh, I'm going to have to say worthless. Yeah. I Worthless. It's a bummer. Easily worthless. I really wish that we had a good Spider-Man beat him up uh, that, you know, was better than this. But yeah. This is what we got. Well, we've got Spider-Man on PS4, which is a great game. So well, go, pl- go play that instead. Yeah, on my non-existent PS4. Maybe you should get one just to play it since you love Spider-Man so much. I do. So if anybody out there has uh, Spider-Man on PlayStation 4 and a PlayStation 4 that they just want to donate to my cause... Um, message us and I'll give you my address. <laughs> oh, all right. With that said, I think uh, that's probably going to wrap it up, right? I think so. Everybody uh, enjoy Spider-Man Far From Home. We are going to be enjoying it as well. I hope that this episode got you pumped up for that. We are going to be posting some more Spider-Man video game goodness on the Instagram and Twitter account. So if you're not following us, 
Follow us there at WIOW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Check it out, and we will see you later. All right. Bye. Bye. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to email us at worthitorworthlesspodcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in staying up to date with the show, follow us at WIOW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and subscribe if you want to hear more. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. We sincerely appreciate it. Talk to you next time.